0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Carrie Cardozo podcast. I am by far most excited about this interview that I'm doing here today with Eric. I met Eric a couple of weeks back. It, it kept getting delayed. We, we, I had things that kept pushing it off. But listening to his story and even just reading his his um, post, I think I, I first um, became aware of him on Facebook. It just was so touching. It was such a powerful brief story that I had read. And then when I first met him, his story is incredibly powerful. And you guys know that one of the things that I am truly passionate about is overcoming challenges in life. And, you know, a lot of us hit the darkest phases of our life. We have to pick ourselves back up and keep going. And Eric's story is absolutely speaks to all of that. So Eric Patrick Thomas, aka Mr. Inspire, is a Flint, Michigan native and entrepreneur who is passionate about changing the way people view disabilities. This passion came after a fateful night in 1997 in which Eric suffered a spinal cord injury that paralyzed him from the neck down. Throughout his journey, Eric uses his experience to empower resilience and inspire change for people with barriers. In addition to serving the community as a public speaker, both motivationally and at House and Senate hearings, Eric sits on several state boards as a voice for people with barriers. Is an advocate for self-determination living, hip-hop artist, D-Man ambassador, and is the founder of Inspire Brand Clothing. Eric is also the proud owner of Easy Awareness by Design, a business specializing in graphic design for custom apparel, signs, and banners, which offer on-the-job experience to people of all abilities. Eric is truly an inspiring individual, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear his story. I was truly touched and moved by this, and I know you guys will too. This podcast is a little bit long, but it's totally worth hearing his story and seeing what he's been able to accomplish since 1997 and that fateful night where it's truly part of his fate to keep living. But I also think it speaks to his motivation and his passion and just the person he is. So let's get right into this. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Carrie Curtozo Podcast. I am the business psychic. I'm a coach, a strategist, a speaker, a healer, and yes, a very powerful psychic. Now, I know businesses and psychic don't normally go together, but hear me out, because I'm here to change that have a unique way of looking at businesses' strategy and impact through the elements of energy and yeah, you guessed it, psychic abilities and teachings. After years in the business world, several tragic events unfolded in my life to help open my eyes to all my abilities could do to redefine the way that we do business. Now, I help establish entrepreneurs and businesses achieve a deeper understanding, much more consciousness, become more powerful, and completely realign with their business and their truth. This allows them to get unstuck, refocused, and begin creating much more impact, success, and influence in their industry. I'm all about keeping it real, keeping it practical. I'm going to 100% of the time tell you the truth, and there is nothing I like more than helping you become a much more powerful player in the worlds of business. If you're ready to show up in all of your power, hold yourself accountable, lean into your truth, and truly step into your role, You are in the right place. I talk fast, I make changes even faster, and I am so excited for your future. Let's not wait any longer. Come on, let's get started. Eric, thank you so much for joining me on this today and for being here and being so open. And I have to say, when I first heard your story, I was just so inspired, like just so inspired by you and what you've been through and all those things that you shared for me. So thank you for coming on and welcome.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Awesome. So I gave people a brief introduction about you, but I want you to start at the beginning. I want you to really share your story. Tell us about yourself. I'm going to ask you questions as we go, but it, it is most powerful listening to you speak. So tell us how you got to where you are today, pretty much.
1: Where I got to where I am today. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, um, you know, growing up, even as a child, I was always, uh, like had a passion for wordplay. So like even, I mean, talking like when I was a baby, uh, mother, mother Goose and then Dr. Seuss, you know, the books. Yeah. My mom yeah. would read to me and I always had, I don't know, it's something, something caught my attention to it. So I always like rhyme time and and uh, wordplay. And of course I was always around people with, uh, music was one of my passions. Actually I'm named after Eric Clapton. I was just going to ask that, you that it is <laughs> yeah eric so they named me my, my dad's middle name is patrick but i'm um, eric patrick thomas but eric clapton's name is eric patrick clapton
2: oh, wow. so yeah
1: so, so maybe that's how I'm, music has always been with me you know yeah um and i think also music just gave me either a sense of like memory like yeah. you know when you listen to that song what moment you are doing so yeah. even if you listen to it now yeah. It takes you back to the story and the memory to what, you know, where you were at. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. something with music for sure. Well, then this, you know, MTV was on. And at that time, MTV was just like hard rock and heavy metal and, you know, uh, 80s stuff or whatever. But then this, this uh, show came on, Fab Five Freddy. And now this stuff called hip hop. Yeah, And he was showing us this hip hop music. And I was like, whoa! and I remember I'm little up but i'm still like oh wow these people are like rapping is what it's called I and mean, when you start learning about rapping and the hip-hop and that's wordplay that's like mother goose
0: you know <laughs> and you're like wow for a different age group it's mother goose yes yeah yeah
1: yeah i mean even run dmc you know yeah. the way that they were doing their stuff and yeah. then elo J came out and then all of a sudden i think was i in fourth or fifth and then beastie boys come out and i'm like oh so We're like, with the kids in the neighborhood, we were like, we were influenced by the people that influenced us. We were like, let's write lyrics. So we started writing lyrics and doing hip hop. And like, we'd have like performances with like a hairbrush and stuff, you know, and concerts. We were just mimicking what we were seeing off the TV or Soul Train, you know, those were like the only two on there. I was always wanting to do stuff, you know, I had goals, like, you know, dreams and goals and like projects and like video games, I always wanted to beat it. You know, I had to get to the end. And beat it. And I'd spend like three days straight, you know, don't sleep, you know. So, so you were um, very
0: driven even as a child.
1: Yeah. 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 And, ha- uh, And, but I always found like the happiness of it too. Through the pain, I always found a way to to get through it. Yeah. You know, at awesome. um, middle school, I was doing music with my friend at pop music. And when I got to high school, so I stuck with music. And then, you know, I, like I said, I didn't really get along in school, but then junior year, there's this like trade center called skill center. And Mr. Watkins was the photography, graphic design and printing teacher. So I go there and he's, and this basically, I would be able to go there for like a good part of my day of school yeah. and learn to trade. So I started going there. Well, then I started really liking photography, you know, and then uh after junior year was over this is when I started getting better I started like having a little more stability some more direction responsibility you know yeah. and then senior year was coming and then Mr. Watkins was like what are you gonna do when you get to, when you graduate and I'm like uh so you want to college I'm like no college I don't want any more school I don't like school man and he was like you know you can go to school for photography and I'm like whatever man get out of here and so then he uh, brought in the Art, Art Institute of Pittsburgh and LCC, Lansing Community College. And they came over and watched my, looked at my portfolio and I almost went to Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I was so close, but then I, I said, what if I fail? What if I fail? I had that feeling of failure. Yeah. If I go to college, I go to Pittsburgh, I fail. So, and then uh, so I, I decided to go to Lansing Community College, which is only like 45 minutes away. So I'm like, if I fail, I feel like a safety net, but maybe I knew something was going to happen, you know? And so here we are, it's, uh, it's August and Ryan, I met Ryan at the skill center and he goes to Northern in Flint. And so he wants to take photography. So we're like, let's move in together. Let's get a house and we'll take photography together. I remember saying like, let's not try to meet too many people because when you do that, man, you're inviting people you don't know. Things can happen. Like, you know, we don't know who these people are yet. But that's what we did. We started going to the club, club life. So here we are, we're going to the nightclubs and dancing away and meeting people. And we just started building our friendship with other people in the city. And then uh, we went to a club one night and then uh, they had an after party. We were invited to the after party and the bouncer that was there. what came to the after party and then they put on a dj dj who was the spit djing and then this guy comes on the microphone and he just starts rapping he's like yeah yeah and i'm like whoa ryan and i are looking at him like it's like a gleam of light we're like it was like the light was shining upon this guy and his name was big perm and we gotta do a collaboration with him we gotta do something with him because ryan and i were already recording when we got the land, so we found a studio called old order studio so we started recording right away But then we got Perm. We're like, hey, man, you know, have you recorded in a studio yet? You're awesome. Like, like, you got, like, man, you got lyrics. And he was like, nah, it's freestyle. Like, man, we got a studio that we go to. We'd love to do a song with you. He comes over. We play instrumentals the next day. We're all rapping and freestyling. It was amazing. And so uh, I'm like, all right, I'll schedule studio time. So before you know it, we're scheduling studio time. We go to the studio. We're only supposed to make one song. We come out three songs later. We're like, we all just like connected, you know. We were when we were all thinking the same thing. We get back to the house, we're like, "Hey, man, I got an idea." You guys so they are like, "What? What?" Like, we should be a group. They're like, "Man, I was thinking the same thing." Like, "Oh yeah." And I was like, "What do you think we should call ourselves?" So I don't remember it was the dictionary the, the, the uh, thesaurus. Yeah. But I just opened it up and pointed it to a word, and it was miscellaneous. And I was like, "That's it," because we weren't we were in a box, you know. Yeah. Like. group name that we were able the branding of it was allowing us to do many different things and we became miscellaneous so we just started recording we started performing and uh yeah i mean life was life was good you know it was the happy time at that time i got another job at american collegiate market media so i was learning marketing and then i was working at Myers, and then going full-time college at photography and then we were doing our recording and performing and then um, September was well, September 19th came, and we were going to have a party to celebrate our music project. and uh, But the party was after the club. So we had the party at our house Now all three of us are living together now. We end up moving Perm in eventually. So all three of us were living, like the little bedroom that Perm lived in, it was like the size of the bed, and that's it. That's all he had. But it was cool. All three of us were together all the time, you know. It was, it was amazing, it was fun, just a great moment. So we had the party that night and I'm on the steps, you know, the steps that go upstairs to the bedrooms. Yeah. And I'm talking to my girlfriend at that time and all of a sudden I just stand up and then just walk outside. Like I was just like being pulled, like I had no control over it. And basically I went outside to go check the parking lot to make sure that nobody was messing with like in the neighbor's yards and things like that. Yeah. So then I come back to the steps and I'm about to go back inside, and she's right there and I'm talking to her. Then, before you know, I was only on for like five minutes, and someone pulls a gun right around the DJ van and it's open fires. Pow, 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 pow. And instantly, I got hit. I got hit right in my neck, the third and fourth vertebrae. So, when I got hit, it hit me from the back side of my neck, and I, I turned my head like that and I spun. So, there's another. Uh, there's like a light on the back of my head. It looks like one graze, like it just, you know. So maybe when I turned, it just shot right off the, just grazed by and stuff, which is a good thing. If I would have probably been standing there, probably would have hit me square in the head. So I dropped to the ground and it's, you know, concrete and um, in and out of consciousness. But this time I'm not able to move from the neck down. I'm not able to breathe. I'm not able to yell. I'm not able to cry for help. I'm not able to do anything nothing i can hear people say like someone's been shot eric has been shot this and this and the chaos that's going on on the outside Mm -hmm. "Mm." um yeah the chaos that's going on on the outside and stuff but at the same time i'm like i was like ah, not yet like really like
0: so you consciously were aware a little bit of what was going on
1: yeah it was like it was like uh it was like being on the ground when you pass out and you wake back up and everything's moving yeah like that in the sound you hear just echoing rippling you know the ripple effect yeah yeah it's rippling and then um I remember I was like here I am I was about to accomplish a goal like I, it seems like everything I ever set off, like set for, I'd almost get it. Almost, yeah. it was always like you almost got it taken away, Ooh, yeah. taken away. So I always felt like that. I felt like that at the very moment. It felt like here it was our music project. We're gonna be making it. We're gonna. It's a project. It's an accomplished, you know, goal that we went that we put together, and it was all gone like that. I mean like I lost everything that night I lost my house I lost my car like I mean I wasn't able to drive I had the car I was paying payments on the car actually that sat in the driveway while I was in rehab
0: and I was still paying on it. Yeah. but you know but you I knew mean, you had this feeling that like things were never going to be the same again you knew that
1: yeah but I also said whatever it is I'm willing to go through it
0: right
1: yeah I was like okay like I I want to survive like that's like, and, and the other thing is too, which somebody made a really good point. If I wasn't able to breathe, how was I breathing?
0: Yeah.
1: And I didn't realize that's like now, I mean, this person just brought that up. Like three you ago. You weren't able to
0: breathe then. No.
1: You, you couldn't breathe. No, no, I was foaming and, and coughing up blood. And see, I don't know when the medic got there, if they did something for the breathing. Then but when I got to the hospital, I was intubated. So I don't know if I was intubated at the scene or okay. intubated at the hospital. That I don't remember.
0: Yeah. But was there a time that you felt like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm dying. No. That's cool.
1: I think there was more the time like, I'm going to keep surviving.
2: Good.
1: Like I, I didn't, I don't think I ever, It never crossed my mind. It was more like, Really? Like,
0: now I have to do this? Like, now? But I think like, that's kind of powerful because it's like your soul knew, because I do the soul stuff. So I'm going to bring you into the soul stuff. So it's like your soul knew that it was an, an, yet another experience you had to experience because, like, getting shot in the neck and being on the ground, not being able to breathe, like, consciously, we would all be like, oh my God, you probably thought you were going to die, but you never had that feeling. You just knew mm-hmm. that. Things were changing. Now you had to go through this. That's really powerful. To me, that shows, do you know what that shows to me is that, and I don't know. And maybe you might be like, Carrie, I can't believe you just said that, but it shows to me that this was most likely something you were always meant to go through. Like mm-hmm. this was part of your soul's journey. If there it, it the way that you described you were on that ground, this is part of your soul's journey. Yeah. Do you believe
1: that? Do you feel that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, what is it? Divine design. Yeah, yeah. Like. yeah. It's like, it was like, and I've heard that from people that say sometimes things didn't happen to you they were meant for you.
0: Yeah.
1: As, because as of everything that happened it, it
0: has been, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But here's the, and, and to take it back, An interesting story is a week before that, Herm and I went to flat, black, brown and circular where we would get albums. So we can make samples and stuff. And we got like a bunch of albums. We were listening to them at the house. And I don't know why I got the Metallica one, but it was the one album. And we were listening to it. I was telling Perm what that story was about Johnny. I forget what it was, but in in the song one, he basically gets hit by a landmine and his arms are blown off. His face is blown off. And uh, Johnny got a gun. That's where the movie comes from that's what the whole song's from. And I was like, I completely said that to firm. I was like, we both were like talking about, man, not being able to move like your arms wow. and legs, man. And it, 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 it always reminds me today.
2: Yeah. Because I
1: said that a week before I got shot. It could have been less than a week, actually.
2: That's crazy.
1: But it was right within that week. You know, it could be th- three days, four days, but it was within that week we were talking about it, like not being able to move your arms and legs and of course Johnny got a gun his face was you know also blown off he wasn't able to speak and stuff because right. he he found out how to do SOS mm-hmm. by tapping his finger or something on something and he kept saying kill me but you know that's how Johnny got a gun the yeah. movie was and I was explaining to perm that song
0: wow. you know
1: one by Metallica and then all of, and then here it is now I'm in the situation later,
0: you're in that situation
1: yeah and when I got to the hospital too The other thing is like, I didn't tell you is they had to drill four screws in my head. Wow. They had to take a drill, like, like Home Depot style drill, drill, like
0: a DeWalt drill or whatever they're called.
1: Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And drill two screws in your forehead and then one above your right ear and one above your left ear. And that's because it's a halo. It's this big cage, this mellow metal cage that they put around you. And that's to stabilize your spine. Yeah. Because they never did any surgery on my neck or anything. It's basically just just you know put the halo on and that was it and oh. yeah yeah well the bullet goes in like liquid you know it's like lead I mean it, it's like hot
0: oh know, did it's not- like hot. I did not know that
1: yeah and then when it went in it bounced because now it's in between the third and fourth vertebrae I was going to say
0: is your do you still have the bullet
1: yeah and there's fragments I'll send you the x-ray if you want to use it
0: oh I'd love to see that
1: yeah yep I can do that yeah and so um yeah and then of course they intubated me and that's where the tubes which is basically a ventilator life support that goes down your mouth and yeah. stuff and then a, a feeding tube so then uh you know you're you're at that time I was like so much in pain I'm numb
2: yeah and
1: then before you know it I'm waking up the next day and my mom and stepdad are there and my dad and stepmom my dad and stepmom lived in Fort Wayne Indiana at that time so how they got there that fast I, you know it's like wow so then that's where they tell you, you know, your friends, family, and doctors, and you're trying to move and you're like, oh, what's going on? Like, I
0: can't imagine what was going but at the same mind. time. You're
1: trying to survive.
0: Well, yeah. And what's going through your mind, survival. Uh, you know? Yeah. Survival.
1: I think because survival, so you don't have time to just focus. Like, why doesn't my arm work? Why doesn't my, why am I not moving my legs? You're more like, I need to survive. Like, yeah. that's the goal. The goal was survival. Then after we got to stability and survival, which also, like, I was so messed up, like, nobody knew who did the shooting. There was no investigation. The detective didn't show up till like, four days later. And at the same time, when I communicated at that time, I was only able to communicate with eye blinks because the tube was down my throat. Well, then a week or so after that, that's when they realized, like, he's going to be on the ventilator for the rest of his life. So we're going to do a tracheotomy. And that's where they take it out of your, your your mouth, and then they cut your throat, and they put the tube basically in your throat. It's called a tracheotomy, a trach. And and so that's when I was able to now move my mouth and do tongue clicks for communication. It's wow. like, if you ask me a question, once for yes, twice for no. Wow. So that's basically, that was my form of communication.
0: For how long, because obviously you can talk now. So how long until you could speak? Did they? Did you have any idea that you'd be able to speak again?
1: I don't think I thought about it. it wasn't important. I, think, I don't it's not that I didn't I didn't think about it like how a time frame. Right. I never put a time frame on how things would be. Interesting. I guess, but also you think about you see movies and you see like this happens and they're fine. Eight months later, five months later, they grow a beer, they cut it and they walk out the hospital. You know? Right, right. That's what you see. You don't ever see like the actual when your body takes trauma like that you're not even able to sit up like when they elevate your bed for like maybe 20 degrees you pass out your blood pressure drops so Uh they have to put you on this thing called the tilt table it's like a mat a mat bed and then they try to angle you up 15 degrees okay can you do that and you got the ventilator you got the halo Uh you're not able to move your light. you're not able to move your head either so all you can do is move your eyes and you're like ah. and then you pass out and they're like, and then you wake up and, and they tell you they're like, what have oh, you know, like you passed out. Okay. I passed out plenty of times, wow. plenty of times. Yeah. But that you have to learn how to be able to sit right back up, like all over again. Yeah. So while you're in the hospital too, you also learn that eventually you got to go to this place called rehab
2: Yeah.
1: and rehab is like a different facility where they like focus on physical therapy, occupational therapy. Education with you, outings, um, and we need you off the ventilator, which is called that's where they try to get you off the vent. And so the places in Michigan were full of uh, patients with vents, and then outside of Michigan, and then we heard about a place called Craig Hospital out in Inglewood, Colorado. And they came to flew in and they did an assessment on me and they said, We think we can get them off the ventilator. I was like, That was a decision. So now, Survival goal has been achieved. I'm 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 out of ICU now, um, and uh, and then now I'm I'm heading heading soon to to Colorado.
0: Now, when you like got through the survival mode and and really consciously absorbed the fact that you're paralyzed, like what did that feel like? What did that do? You know, like I, I'm sure there are hundreds of people who listen to this that are like, I don't know that I like. I don't know how I would handle that. Like, how did you, how did you receive that?
1: I think half of it, you think that, okay, this is only going to last three months and half of it's like forever. So you're kind of balanced.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, but you don't like this could be temporarily or this could be long-term. Um, yeah. When you try to move your arm, you can feel inside, like internally, you, you feel like you're moving it or something, but the body itself doesn't move. And then you have these things called muscle spasms that you start learning. So that was the first time when, when I was laying in bed that my legs like lifted up and everybody was like, he's moving his legs. And then the doctor comes in and talks about what a muscle spasm is, wow. which is like involuntary movement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now my
1: spasms are like, you know, you shake and they, they're like muscle cramps that you get in the middle of the night that roll you over and make you cry. You, know? you still oh. have
0: them. You still have oh, them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's not something oh. that ever goes away. No. Wow. no,
1: not yet. It's been 23 years. Not yet. No, they give you drugs. Right. We got a pill for that. We got a pill for that. And sure your you body know. gets used to it and then this it 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 helps for a little bit, but then you're back to the spasticity. Yeah. Then you're back worse and they're like, Oh, we just increased the dosage.
2: Yeah. And
1: before you know it, you're on fifty-six pills a day. And you're like Narayan and ditropan and baclefin and so wow. you're like, uh you're like, okay. Yeah. It was like one of your meals is just pills. Wow. So now and that was you, the muscle spasms.
0: When you went to rehab, when you left the hospital and you're going to rehab, did you have expectations? Like after you get out of that survival mode, did you have expectations or did you literally just go day to day to day? Did you have bigger goals? Cause your whole life, you've always had these bigger goals. Like I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to buy uh, a BMX bike. I want to, you know, I'm going to be a rapper. We want to put an album out. So did you go back to having big goals or was it literally like day to day?
1: day-to-day but the goal was to get off the vent
0: good
1: that was the goal so a new goal yeah ventilator survival survive yeah. ventilator ventilator and you're like and everybody else like should you get an attorney or what's the police doing it's like no we don't have time to focus on that we i have to get off the vent i, like I have to that. be able to talk again i have to be able to to be able to speak again or you know and breathe on my own again without an assistant, without, without a box.
0: You know what I wonder, like, I can imagine that that has so much power in your recovery, because if you had focused on retribution or retaliation or all of the horrible things, it could have slowed down your recovery where instead you focused on your recovery. You don't have time for that stuff. Now it's important to rebuild the life that you're going to have. And I think that Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that if you would focus the other direction, you might not be where you are today because it would just pull you back into where you don't want to be.
1: Which leads me into a really great story that I'm about to. Finish. I want to hear it. <laughs> so I'm I'm in my room. I'm in my room. I think I just got back there from lunch, and uh, or they might have just done weaning me off the ventilator. And weaning, what they do is they turn the ventilator off for thirty seconds. And then they turn it back on, and they come back. And so they like do it three times breathe. a day. Well, you don't know how to read. You're like, oh, oh, what do I do? But what they did is they hooked up the pulse so I could actually see my oxygen level. So I could see oh, I'm doing something. So it's biofeedback, which right. is the best thing ever. And so, so I'm there, and then uh, I don't know if they call them the chaplains, their priests. They go and pray like yeah. at different rooms. Yeah. The guy just walks up to me i would never met him. And I remember at this time, I'm still not able to speak out loud, but I'm able to move my mouth. And he was like, I just want to ask you, do you forgive who or whom did this to you? And I was like, yeah, like, yes, like, yes. Yeah. And it was like, I was being tested, man. It was like, wow. what door are you going to choose? A or B? Right. He was like, and when I did that, it was kind of like a ship and an anchor. And I was able to cut the cord of that anchor and then let my ship sail and anything that that incident ever happened, they would never be able to do anything to me or hold me back or, or do anything. So wow. I was able to like, really just be free right? and just and heal and focus on Eric, you know, and whatever happens, happens forgiveness is given. I need to set sail. And basically that was the only time I ever saw the guy too. Wow. The only time. And then it was this, like, and then, like, amazing things happened after that. I got the halo off. So they took the screws out of my head, took the halo, which my head was like a wet noodle. It's
2: like a trying to balance it.
1: It was like a bobble head. And <laughs> they put this hard collar, or no, a soft collar. So it's like a soft neck brace. Yeah. But basically, the guy that was there taking care of me, one of my care- uh, caregivers there, he was like, I'm going to tell you, he, he was like, you know, if you keep that soft collar on, you're, you're, you're never going to get used to it. You're not going to get off it before you leave here. So you have to do cold turkey. And I was like, okay, oh, you know, like, all right, let's do it. So he would take it off. And I can't remember how heavy. I'm like, man, my head is heavy. It's so heavy. I was just like, oh, no, I'm still not able to talk at that time.
2: Yeah. And
1: then uh, then they started letting the cuff down. So it's like, the, it's like a balloon in your trach. And they let it out. And then that's where you can actually talk through the trach. So like, hello, hi, or something like that, you know, yeah. so you're actually starting to use your voice now and stuff.
0: Wow. So
1: things was just going in progression. And I and love, another-
0: how, um, I love how powerful that forgiveness is because some people have a very hard time forgiving because they think that it's just saying that it's okay, but it's not forgiveness allowed you to move forward. Had, it didn't validate. It didn't, you know, it didn't invalidate what happened to you. It didn't say it was okay what happened to you, but it allowed you mm-hmm. to move on with your life in a different energy. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then another interesting story is, so I'm trying all these different chairs, and uh, we figured out what chair I like. I drive my wheelchair with a sip and puff, so I use a straw. Give it a hard puff forward, hard sip backwards, soft puff right soft sip left. That's how I drive. So you chair. control your with chair pressure with your, of my breath. With breath? With breath. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Independently. No help.
0: Yeah. That's impressive. That is yeah. so
1: so, so they order the chair. We're like, okay, this is the chair that's coming. I'm still on the ventilator. Still working on getting out the van. Now, by this time, I've been 10 hours off the van. And then the next day I'm five hours off. I would go 20 steps forward, 30 steps backwards. You know, it's just it went back and forth. We're stuck on the path of the goal. Is get off the van. Right. So the chair, either the chair got there, or the chair didn't get there. But then all of a sudden we got something messed up in the chair order. They ordered the wrong one, or the wrong one came, or something. Yeah. So they had to order. They had to order it again. At that time we were like, oh, you know, like, know, oh, the wrong chair, or you know, or
2: something like that.
1: But actually, what it did, it was a blessing because it allowed me to stay in rehab longer. Wow! And because I stayed in rehab longer, I was able to get off the ventilator. So I got off the vent two weeks before I came home.
0: Look how, how, look how things like work out for you. Look how things unfolded for you. I think that's amazing. But and, and I do believe that... You know, a greater power, God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, will always guide you on the path you're supposed to be on as long as you don't resist it. If you allow it and you don't try to fight it, you'll always be guided to where you're supposed to be. Like you said, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss the fact that you said you were just pulled to walk outside. Like something inside of you was just like, go outside. It's like you, you have followed your path very well in life. Very well. So share with us because you're, you clearly have made a, a, an amazing, like, obviously you still can't use your arms and legs, but you have made such a powerful recovery because you are doing so many things now. And you've been able to do so many things since you got home from rehab, breathe on your own. You're not on a ventilator, even just a start, but I'd love for you to share part of that journey and, and include like what you thought about where your focus was, what your goals were during that time?
1: Well, when we left Craig Hospital, the other interesting thing too, is I got shot September 20th and I came home March 20th. Shot in the fall, came home in the spring. Wow. 2020 Yeah. And so I, and another thing is my stepbrother's birthday is September 21st and my dad's birthday is March 21st. Wow. My brother's birthday is March 21st. Oh, well, <laughs> so there we go. So connection. Look at that. So, so first you have to learn how to be able to sit straight up because you got to get on a plane. So here we are. We're, I've, I finally already went through all that training, you know. So I'm ready to get on a plane. You should see how I get on a plane. They put me in this dolly. They transfer me out of the wheelchair and put me on like a dolly, yeah. you know, like basically, and then roll you down the aisle and then take you out of the dolly with the seat and then put you in the, the airplane seat.
0: Because you so, can't help like, at all, correct? No, not help not do at all. Anything.
1: And, wheel- and planes aren't wheelchair accessible.
0: Right. So, yeah. Those aisles are are narrow.
1: That's why it's, it's called the aisle chair, actually.
0: Yeah. The
1: dolly thing's called the aisle chair. Yeah. So then they put your chair down in the belly of the plane, which you hope that they don't destroy because it does happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So then I, I go home and, our, okay, so I'm back to planet Earth because rehab was like planet somewhere else. It's
0: like its own, yeah. its own, plane. its own
1: world, its own world for sure. So I'm back, and, and that has
0: to be scary. Was that scary for you to know that you're leaving, like a generally yeah. safe place? Like it's a safe place. I was trying to-, to stay. I bet. I bet. Even though I'm, I'm sure you have this end goal of, yeah, of re-entering your life. But still, like you're in this safe place where it's protected and you, you've been cared for, and to just be thrown out into life.
1: Yeah. Wow. I was trying to stay. I wasn't trying to leave yet. I was surrounded by, you know, doctors and, and, yeah. and nurses and everything, you know, everything I needed was in my little, my bubble, Yeah. you know? Yeah, I was like, uh, time to go home? I don't think so, not yet. Like, but it was time. And then it was like, you know, I would say that if that was my choice, I'd have been there a lot longer, but yeah. I was forced. So I had to,
0: had to do it. So, getting kicked um, out of the nest is the thing we need most. You know, I was totally kicked out of the nest. They took the nest away. Yeah. There it is.
1: Like go fly bird. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I didn't have to go to a nursing home, which was great because that is what happens to a lot of people. Uh, So I moved in back in with my mom and stepdad, stepdad built a ramp, widened the the door of my old bedroom. So here we are. I'm back home. It's a 19. Is that where you are right now? No, no. I'm at my own, my own house. I rent independently. Nice. And then i have caregivers throughout the day and night um so we go there we don't have very many people to help you know at that time mom stepdad dad stepmom friend like a few friends like not very many people
0: so, so know, what we're trying lose oh. a lot of friends and connections going through this could people not handle it
1: there's some people that could not handle it which i respect because they told me
0: right
1: but there are other people that just ghost you what they call it ghost now yeah, they, they, they
0: do call it, it ghost too. Yeah, they, they It wasn't, it, it ghost wasn't ghost back
1: then. Or. I don't know what I think They called it this back then. Yeah. They missed me. I was this. Yeah. I was this, but now it's ghost. So I'll bring, I'll bring it up to the terms today. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, so I was like, man, what am I basically all the questions like, what am I going to do? How am I going to live? How am I going to live independently? Am I can have a family. Where am I going to work? How am I going to be so sustainable? Like, all these questions. And then it was like, so basically you start learning like the resources in your area. Well, so there happened to be one called Disability Network. Mm-hmm. And so we set up a meeting with Mr. Zelly, He was the president at that time. And then at that time I didn't have wheelchair transportation. So I was getting transferred into the passenger side of my mom's car wow. with my manual chair. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely learned that one in rehab too. Cause they're like, you know, you need wheelchair transportation. I'm like, I'll just transfer to the, t- the passenger side. I don't need wheelchair van. Yeah, right. You learn really you oh, yeah, you learn real quick. Yeah. So we roll up to this disability network. Mr. Zellie, it's like, um, you know, he's looking at me. I'm 20 years old, beard, looking rough, skinny, messed up. Life has been rocked. It's like, you know, you will to believe this. You're going to be able to accomplish whatever you want to, you know, as long as you get involved. Get involved and share your testimony. So, like, if, if there's cuts on Medicaid and Medicare or long-term care, whatever it is, the quality of life. If you can go there and talk at the house and Senate, whether it's local, state, federal, we'll get you there, get involved. And the other thing we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna give you, we're, we're gonna show you this thing called self-determination, which it's called now. And basically I'll be able to hire my own caregivers to take care of me. I'll be able to do the schedules, I'll be able to do the, the ads and the hiring process and you know, everything. So basically I became a CEO of my life. Right. You know. Right overnight. You have to
0: start creating it
1: again. Yeah. And so uh, um, May was what the first time that I hired my first person. So I got home March 20th in May, right on the holiday. I hired my first person.
2: Nice.
1: And then uh, it was like, what do I do now? I have, a, I have so many hours in the morning, so many hours at night for care. And then it was like, go back to college. So I found another company called, uh, organization called Michigan Rehab Services and they help you pay for college. Wow. So I just started going to college. I, I went back to the school that I was going to too. But the problem was I wasn't thinking photography. So I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not even doing what I was doing. Like it was kind of like I was trying to get back to where I was before. Yeah, You know, just kind of brush it off. It was just a shooting, you know, nothing. Right, right. you
0: I'll can just, just really move your regular
1: life. Just get right back on. Yeah, just get right back to it. So eventually I had a wake up call and I ended up going to my community college local here in Flint. And so I just started taking everything, business, multicultural, psychology, music, jazz appreciation, Spanish, you name it. I was absorbing it. I was just just taking. And then uh, it was like, okay. And then I was just, I knew that the next thing was moving out. How am I going to live in my own place? So we put a plan together. And uh, it was basically like Eric moving out with the disability network and, Family and friends, or whoever was in that circle of supports. Yeah. And we just met all the time. And there was a transition. It was, you know, we're going to get out of the house. We're going to try and find them a house, but it was so hard because nothing's accessible. And then one day we found an apartment and it was on the ground level. So then it was like, okay, this looks like a good fit. Let's do this. And before you know it, December 17, 2000, I'm just about to take the moving truck out of the house and i remember because we get a phone call and that's the day my grandpa died
2: wow. so we just
1: got the di- we got the call my mom's father my mom's father died on the same day that i was moving out wow. so that's how we know and it was a big snowstorm we moved in the snowstorm and then here we are now i'm at my apartment now i have my caregivers but now it's 24-hour care yeah now if someone doesn't show up what do we do there's no backup i'm not at my mom and stepdad's house anymore. So we had to like create backups and backups and stuff and backup plans. And we just had to, every day we just had to figure it out to make it work.
0: How did it feel to be able to move into your own place, like to reach that next goal?
1: Independence, freedom.
0: Yeah.
1: I was 20, I was 20, what, 22 years old.
0: Wow.
1: I needed that. I, I, you know, I was a uh, 22 years old and a bachelor. I wanted to, you know, experience some stuff. Yeah. You know, let me get let me get a little wild or something I get and I did. But I had eventually, you know, calmed down but for a little bit though. I definitely got pretty wild so.
0: But you probably deserved it after everything you've gone through. You deserve to be a little bit wild. Yeah. It,
1: yeah, for sure. Like and uh then at that time uh I was like I started getting back into music and I tried to open a record label. But the artists, they just wanted, like, it's, it's dark fame. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They watched They're like, we want to be superstars overnight. And I'm like, so it only went so long. And then I was like, nah. Well, I was doing that. A promoter in Detroit heard about me. And he had a newspaper that he had called Promoter Newspaper. So he, he came up and met with me. Now, this time, I have a wheelchair van. We fundraised. We fundraised for a wheelchair van. So that was our first fundraiser for the van. That was my first time to learn about what fundraising is all about, too, because it was going to happen a lot in this last 23 years, because there's no, there's no, like, insurance that pays for all this, like, you know, you got Medicaid and Medicare, but it pays for, like, so much stuff.
0: Right. But it's it's not, it's not the end all to be all of what you need, I can imagine.
1: No. And so I start writing for this entertainment newspaper, um, you know, the promoter newspaper, and I write with Dragon. So, like, right now, you see that microphone? Yep. That's how I talk. That's how I type. So I give it commands. And then that's how I write. Uh, so I had a column in the newspaper. And plus, I was distributing it. Well, I knew about the paper because I was a paper boy. Yeah. So I knew all about it. I was, you don't have to give me up the game on it. I'm already down with this. I got experience when I was a little boy. So it's all good. So um, uh, I started doing that. It was like five, six years. At the same time, there were so many concerts and so many. Things going on at that time that I was so involved with, with the paper, and I was building relationships and stuff. Well, then the paper closed down, or for and then uh, and I was like, man, what do I do now? Well, I opened up an internet radio station. So the people that were around me, they were all into music and DJs and stuff. So I contacted Live Three Sixty Five and bought a blanket license, and I here I am, the yeah. Biz Radio at streetlevel.biz. Biz. Now I got a radio station. So now I got a radio station. We're like, yeah, we're like doing like, so I'm like, we have our radio station, but let's try to like reach out. Now there's my space. know, my space is open. So I started reaching out to like different parts of the the world and then developing shows. So we had shows programs that were like Africa and like Australia and Europe and like uh, California and uh, Georgia and and, uh, Illinois. And so we were getting all these shows. So we started putting that into the program list. And then uh, that was fun. We had a great time with that. We had a huge website. This guy, Tim, built this monster website that looked like we were like the number one radio station in the world. By looking at it, it was like amazing how people like perceived it, you know? Yeah. Well, here we are, we're just like in my apartment in one little room and stuff, you know? And we were getting interviews. People were contacting us nonstop for radio interviews. And radio drops and stuff yeah. so but then uh the license stuff changed and we went and uh um internet radio was in jeopardy and so I went to Washington DC and uh we introduced the internet radio equality act wow. and we actually got it co-sponsored we got it passed and everything was good for a while we we're like yeah internet radio is safe but then like months later they found loopholes and and there was the royalty rate change and I was like I'm not able to I couldn't survive with my radio station. There was just too much cost. Yeah. Then I shut it down. I had to shut it down. I was like, what am I going to do now? That's when I went back to my childhood dream, having my own t-shirt line, my own clothing line. So I was like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to make shirts with meaningful meaningful messages or something, you know? You know, I met Cheryl over at Goodwill. We already had a relationship because I've already done so much other stuff with like community uh, living support stuff. Self-Determination, Michigan Partners for Freedom, just all this stuff, you know, because I've been getting involved, got involved, like Mr. Zelly said, yeah. get involved. So
0: that's amazing advice. Like it's simple, simple, get involved, two words. That's but what it, you said. Yeah, it's been powerful for you.
1: Real powerful, real powerful. And um, the, one of the services that I get is called Supportive Employment. And they're contracted to Community Mental Health through my Supportive Employment Services. So that's where we started developing the business plan, and we we had a, we kept writing it, letting people read it, getting the feedback, redoing it, letting the feedback, redoing it, you know, over yeah. and over and over and over until we got it right. And then um, I was looking for the investment for the startup costs, and then my friend Ziad, which is the president of D-Man Foundation, which I'll get to uh, in a in a minute what that is, um, he said. And he owns all these other companies, so he was like, "I don't want to be an investor. I want to be a partner." So he came on as a partner because he has the attorneys, the CPAs. You know, we got his his sources, his resources, and well, oh, we didn't have to worry about that. You know, the accountants and all that stuff. And then um, we were trying to come up with a name, and then we came up with the name Easy Awareness by Design, which stands for Eric and Z I'll bring awareness by design. And then before you know it, Goodwill was having an incubator area. In their headquarters opening up. And so I was like, well, that's a new place. That's where we're going to have it at. We did the tour and signed the paperwork. November 2011, the doors were open into Easy Awareness by Design. Wow. So now I got a business. That's amazing. But <laughs> I wasn't busy as it was because I was already serving on two or three state boards, a couple committees, and being involved with different organizations and stuff like that, volunteering. And no, I, all got a of
0: this, like, I want to remind people, all of this is after surviving gunshot, being shot in the neck, paralyzed, completely paralyzed. You mm-hmm. still accomplish all of this stuff. All of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. All of it. Driven.
0: Yeah. And- yeah. And just a focus and not giving up and not getting into that. So many people get into that victim energy. You know, the poor me, how did, how like, I've had some pretty bad things. Not, I, I not compared to what you if experienced, but I lost my fiance totally not expecting he died. And I remember just being like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like I still was the, I still had my physical body, still had my mental body. My emotional body was messed up, but I can remember so many times just feeling so bad for myself. And listening to your story, I'm just like, yeah, I didn't need to feel bad for myself. Not in that level. It's just really inspiring. And of course, you have a hat that says inspire, which I absolutely have to get one. I love your hat. But I just think this really, is, your story is truly inspiring because there are not many people who can put themselves in your position and say with a hundred percent guarantee they would come out as well as you have. I, I, you really have come out amazing.
1: Thanks. I'm sorry to hear about your fiance too.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Um, I think though, you know, whatever you were feeling was natural.
0: It was you, it absolutely. You had your yeah. way to dealing
1: with it, and you. Yeah. You still deal with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You no? Know? Yeah. It's just it's a it's you know I think when we look at our the like a ton of physical limitations have been put on you. You know, a a lot of people don't have that. We have mental limitations, but you have those as well because you're human, like all of us. But you also have these physical limitations that you chose to overcome. And I do believe that. I do believe you made a choice, whether you, you know, whether you're, you'll be like, nah, it's not a big deal or whatever it is you want to respond. You made a choice to live your life the way you wanted to live it, to still live it. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, I
1: believe that. Yeah, that's exactly Cause yeah. it was, I was like, uh, I didn't know the circumstances of how it was going to be. Right. But I was like, I still want to do it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Like never give up. And I, and I love it that you've shared so many things that you've done. That's like, okay. And that, that phase was done and we're going to the next one where so many people are scared to let go of something. You were forced to let go of everything you knew about life, about mm-hmm. your life and rebuild a new one. And so many people are afraid to let go of an aspect of their business or a relationship or something like that. And you've like, from your listening to you, you, you're good. Like, you know, when it's done and it's time to move on and something else is coming and you're, and you'll be able to keep rebuilding and and building more and, and growing. And, and I think that's really powerful. That's a great place to be at.
1: But I think like what you just said about growing, I always talk about failure, you know, failure, helps you grow, Does. you know, you face the music. You're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to tell somebody I failed or, you know, but you're like, yeah. but you do it. Whether it's in business or personal, you know, you go to a customer, you say, look, your order's not done. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa what was supposed to be done today. Like what happened? There's really no excuse. I'm not going to give you an excuse. I'm just going to say, how can I make it better? Or what can I do to make yeah. it better? What can I do? You know, I have to think like, you have to strategize and you're like, oh, you don't want to face that. That's not a good feeling, but like it makes you better. Like you're yeah. like, oh, I remember what that felt like. I don't want to feel that again. I want to grow from this. And, you know, you have to make mistakes. You have to have businesses shut down. You have to try for things because then when things don't work out, that's all going to come back. So you're not going to know right then. But 10 years later, you're like, whoa, what I learned 10 years ago just mm-hmm. came full circle again. Like, who knew, like, with the Inspire, and we'll get to the Inspire, like you said on the hat, that my dream of having my own clothing line, like my own clothing brand, would come 20, you know, or 17 or 15 years later or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing. And then music, as I was talking about Zeehan. So, an awesome story. Here it is. I'm fundraising for my second van. It's December 2009. And my friend's doing this music video or movie or something. I did not feel good. My lungs were filled up with fluid. I felt horrible. But I don't have a diaphragm really. And so I barely can cough. My cough is this. Ugh, that's it. That's all you get out of me.
2: Yeah.
1: It he was like, you got to come to this. You got to come. And I'm like, oh, bro. Bro. And I, and I tell my caregiver. It was like I was I was supposed to be there.
2: Yeah.
1: I was not feeling good at all. Horrible should not have been there. And I get up and we get in the van and we go to this thing, this, this movie shooter, music video shoot or something. And that's Jack Frost uh, was doing it. Well, the girl that was there, she was like the script supervisor. So while they're doing it, me and her and I start talking Natasha. So they were like, yeah, I'm like just got cool things in common. And this is December. So we start following each other on Twitter. Well, I'm about to fundraise for a new wheelchair van. It's January, 2010, I'm putting together a campaign, um, Wheels wheels for Wheels, that was the campaign. I get United Way as the nonprofit organization to sign on as the 501c3. They did that because of the relationships that I have built, being a volunteer, a community builder, always giving back when, you know, all that stuff. That's exactly what they said, why we're doing this. So we, we put together a golf outing from May. No, it's December. No, it's it's January. And um and then uh, I'm promoted on Twitter. Then I get this tweet from Natasha and she's like, hey, contact this person right here. So I get this, I think it was like ZCD website or something like that. So I go to it, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh what's all my caregiver? And so Z had a, a brother named Danny who passed away in August 30th complications from his spinal cord injury but i didn't know it i thought he owned this like transportation company because it looked like he was the owner i'm telling my caregiver check this out like look at this so then i email z and of course Z is like kind of basically screening me what do you know about my family that's i'm like emailing him. well i know this i watched the video <laughs> then he sends me another video and i realized danny passed away huh. you know and so i was like okay So him and I talked back and forth for like a month. We finally Skype and we're like, okay. Then March 6th, 2010, he contacts me he's like, hey man, can you go to the Detroit Pistons game today? And I'm like, well, I got to a caregiver. He's like, I know, like, I'm like, all right. So then I get my caregiver and my dad. So we go to the Pistons game, I meet Z in person for the first time. (laughs) And that's where he tells me about this idea that he's gonna, for his brother's legacy, Danny, start this foundation called D-Man Foundation, Danny's Miracle Angel Network. And he's going to build the first barrier-free music therapy recording studio for people that were uh, physically disabled, like high-level quadriplegic. Yeah. That was the start of it. And they'll be able to come to the studio and use this assistive technology, produce and record music, whether it's their breath, their mouth, their eyes, whatever it was. Wow. Not like I'm down, man. But at that time, I was not thinking of myself doing music again. I was thinking, like, I'm going to get involved so I can help other people. You know yeah. i'm like the big brother of this you know um you, know, you know what was i 30 something years old by that time so i'm like okay so we decided committee meetings and stuff like that and meeting up and then i had my fundraiser in may my golf outing at that time already z and i talked every day after we met in person and we like became like brother we are brothers you know and his family too like we're like two families you know like come together like we've known each other forever And then uh, I'm like, hey, man, you want to speak at the fundraiser? He speaks at the fundraiser. I meet his uh, fiance at that time. He's married now. Um, And then uh, we have the first fundraiser for D-Man in July. And that was called Hollywood Night. And I got an award, and Alan got an award, and Laura got an award, Spirit of Detroit Award or something like that. Then nine days later, he he is married. And I go to that. There's like 1,100 people at this wedding. It was huge. Yeah, Chaldean Wedding. So this is a totally different experience. It was amazing. And then, uh, so we start working, you know, we're still working and plugging away with the, the foundation and stuff. And then, of course, leading to that, that's, you know, how I started the business too later on, because in July of 2011, that's when him and I got together and we got incorporated. But remember, it's all because I made that choice. Right to go to that music video, that movie shoot, to meet Natasha, and meet Natasha, and then meet Ziad. You know, very designed, as I say.
0: It didn't feel well, you knew it. You got up and you went.
1: I knew it, I knew it. And then um, and it was life-changing. Those are the things too.
0: Yeah. The
1: things that I know are not just minimal things. They're life-changing,
2: yeah. you know?
1: And so now the studio is open. And he's like, "What are you gonna start working on your music?" And I'm like, what are you? And like, yeah." He's like, "Man, you're an ambassador. Just you know, schedule studio time. You can come in and work on music." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Cause here I am. I'm putting shows together. I'm writing for the t- the newspaper. I'm going to concerts, but I'm the one that's sitting on the sideline, watching everybody else perform.
2: Yeah.
1: Now I can actually make music again. So, schedule studio time. Uh, I I had my friend come over, Ken. And he came over to the house, and I used to rap with him uh, back in the 90s. And I respect, like, his whole style. And I knew, like, he would help me with writer's block. So we just started writing and talking and rapping. And before you know it, I'm going to the recording studio, and I'm recording. Wow. And then I'm recording again. And then, and then all of a sudden, we got a couple full songs. And this event that the D-man was putting on called Carnival of Care... The Novi at the Suburban Showplace, huge, huge, uh, exhibition center, and I go on stage, and I'm going to perform. I think it was like 17 years or 18 years later since my accident, since or yeah. since you know since I had shot. Here I am, on stage, like when they said I would never rap again, never perform again, and I'm on stage performing in front of lots of people. Wow! Again,
0: that's
1: amazing. Not- that
0: is a huge accomplishment. That's huge. Going from laying in that driveway, foaming at the mouth to 17 years later on a stage rapping again.
1: Yeah. I felt like I never left. That's awesome. In fact, that I was up there so comfortably, I zoned out and was yeah. like, hey, you got to wake up, guy. Because yeah. everything you're saying, if you say this, it's going to say, they're going to hear it. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I was zoned out, like just so comfortable up there. I was like, moving my mouth and saying the things I was like oh yeah I am on stage yeah like if I whatever I say they're gonna hear it it's gonna change everything so I gotta stick with it and yeah. then uh so yeah I started making music and then I was able to um do some more music with some other producers which I uh, that's where the the awesome song beat my belly like a bongo comes from my friend Bangtown came over to my house and we produced he produced that and we made that track wow. uh, and then uh now I'm performing. Like I'm actually getting people to call me to perform. Like the, the festivals or you know, different places in the D-Man Foundation it's also growing. Yeah. I mean it, it, they started taking on clients that didn't just have physical disabilities. It's right. like deaf, blind, cognitive, everything. It expanded wow. basically. That's and hard. so lots and lots of artists. And then um lots of performance later. And then uh You know, and that's where this, this music journey has now, it's, I'm still working on music, but I have no like gold deadline of when a project's done Mm because I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it.
0: And that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, you have made such an amazing life for yourself. Um, We do have to finish up, but I want you to tell me really quick about your Inspire brand because you have the hat on. I think it's super cool, like great colors. So tell, because you do have an offer as well for people to get ten percent off um, apparel. So tell me about your Inspire brand.
1: Well, the Inspire brand uh, is a childhood dream. I didn't know it was going to be Inspire at that time, but when we opened up Easy Awareness by Design, then uh, it we started having so many designs on shirts. We uh, I started um, uh, we put together a shirt with Inspire on it, and I would wear it when I would the public speak. So it was really just me speaking with it on my shirt at first. Then we went to a middle school and we saw how the kids were reacting to it. And it was just like, we saw like the light in them. Like they wanted to be better, do better, do their best, be be as creative as possible, like promote change. And and it was just like, we got to make this public. And so at this time too, we already met Damon John, you know, in 2012, a year into the business, we met Damon John. You know, a year, the year anniversary of the business, which he's in, in the business plan because he owns FUBU, yeah. lifestyle brand. Yeah. And uh, so we stayed in touch with each other on Twitter. And then now we have the Inspire stuff. And then he messages us. And he's like, hey, I've got an academy called Damon John Academy. So we take the team, we go to the Damon John Academy for the weekend and stuff. And then that's kind of like where we got the focus too to not focus on 50 different designs of right. different brand, like you know, 50 different brands you know, George was there. That was one of our instructors. And he was just like, you know, which one are you marketing? And I was like, all of them.
2: He's like,
0: no, no, you're
1: not. No. So he said, stick with, you know, the one that you really know. And it was inspire that we also had a website too, that was up. We had no idea how to make sales. We just had a website. And the whole time we're there, they kept saying, go to everybody's website. We're like, don't go to our website. (laughs) Don't go to our website. Yeah. so then uh, that's when we learned about shopify so the next business day we took down the website and we opened up the shopify page
2: very and then nice. we were
1: able to get sales and the inspire was the very first thing on there and then from that time i really just started to wear black shirt white inspire not just once a day daily 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 yearly yearly
2: yeah like
1: that's it. Like, I think from the last couple of years, I probably have wore the Inspire plate and the Inspire shirt and a Fubu and a Fubu hat mm-hmm. in like two years for real. Yeah. I got a closet full of Inspire. So we started doing that. And I just fact checked this the other day because I shared it. So we end up getting a purchase. We, we get a purchase on our, our site. And Jesse's like, guess who just bought from us? I'm like, who? I'm like, is it Damon John? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I knew it. I was like, so then he purchases five, it was five shirts, five inspired shirts. We ship them out. But we're now we're sitting back like, when's he going to take a picture with them? When's he going to take a picture with them? So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. We're like, oh, you know, and I didn't say like, hey, D, when are you going to take a picture of this deal? Just waited patiently. And then it was Friday the 13th. It was June. Friday the 13th, 2014. And I had a fundraiser to raise money for like insurance and stuff for a wheelchair van and he post a picture of him wearing the inspired shirt in a big, a big write-up. And I just shared it yesterday.
2: Oh, Cause good. I wanted to
1: go yeah. back. Yeah. It's on my wall. Yep. And so he, he, he shared that and I was like, oh. so we were psyched about that. We were all geeked up. And so that's what sparked inspire Friday. Cause the way that we were like, we're feeling about it. So we were like every Friday we should ask people what inspires them. Cause we want everybody to feel the way we feel. Yeah. So that's where it happened. So Inspire Friday, every Friday. What inspires you? Hashtag Inspire Friday. Aww. And then that, so that started. And then people started purchasing Inspire and it started getting purchased. It was like a seed to a tree, to branches. And each person that purchased built the new branch of this brand. You know, there were people that were going through chemo, dialysis. There were people that were just inspired by other people. There were people that skydived you know, they wanted the inspired shirt to skydive. It's on our website. Of course, she's also battling brain tumors.
2: Wow.
1: But when I was, it, it did something. And then we just started expanding like the design more. Like nurses inspire, caregivers inspire, teach love inspire. There's thousands. I mean, there's a lot now. There's a lot. Wow. And then uh, it kept growing, you know. And then that led to an article in Business Scene Magazine. Um, what was the part? Is it Christy? Yeah. Christy, she wrote the article. I had to make sure, <laughs> but I, I've done so many talks, you know? And, and so, yeah, this, this article was awesome. Well, Damon read the article and it said, I never, I haven't taken a vacation since the shooting. So he contacted me. He was like, Hey, I want you to come out to LA. And so I was like, all right, like, sounds good. You know, I got to have caregivers and stuff with me. It's like, like, yeah. And so it's like this, go talk to my assistant. She knows what's up. So this is like right before father's day. And then I contacted her and like, Yeah, he wants you out in six days. So I'm like, Oh. So like, He made me like really grind. Like, I didn't know how to do any of it. To get, how do I get out of there, get everything together. He like put my butt in gear.
2: Yeah. And he
1: also wanted Inspire stuff. Well, by the time we were able to ship it, it would have been too late. So we had luggage, we had eight bags of Inspire wow. gear to take. And basically, we were taking it to his party. It, he was on Ink Magazine. So I was his guest there, guest of honor. For His celebration, he passed out Spire hats shirts, and spire shirts with the Shark Tank the next day. So wow. I was on the set of Shark Tank, not a, not as an entrepreneur pitching, but as a guest.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I got
1: to meet the sharks that were there. Um, build some relationships even today. Still keep in touch with them. Still
0: building relationships, making connections.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so Damon passed out shirts and hats and everything on the set. You know, it was really cool. And he mm. bought it all. We tried to like go, like, hey. Thanks for the trip. Like, we're not going to invoice you. And he was like, no, send me my invoice. Right. He was real straight. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right. I was just trying to show my appreciation. So the Inspire was building and really going to LA, if we were there longer, it it, it, we could have made it go viral because it was like everybody embraced it. They all embraced it when we were there. We were at the um, uh, downtown in the fashion district area. Yep. It was just like, they were just like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it was just wow. And it was only from Sunday to Wednesday that I was there, you know. And then uh, it just kept growing. And then, uh, before you know it, Amazon, is it merch? Amazon merch? Mer- yeah, Amazon merch The uh, license our designs. And now we have a brand page on Amazon. We also have an Etsy shop and we have a website. Mm-hmm. So we have all three. And the Lots of designs and it grows all the time. Like right now, Jesse's building the sites right now yeah. as we talk, she's over there, like building it and building it. Cause it's right now it's holiday season. Yeah. We're trying to build it up because that people are going to be buying, yeah. this, you know, people are going to be buying online more than they ever have in their lifetime Especially
0: right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you are giving people in a link it's 10% off. So people have to go check that out. So it'll be in the show notes guys. But yeah,
1: inspire, inspire shirt.com. Mm-hmm. And then I think the code is
0: Cardozo. Um, I think you did it my last name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Cardoza. Yeah. We figured that would be the, the, the easy, perfect. and I think Eric, we have it to like the end of the year. I think we're like, just well, do it for the rest of the year.
0: That's awesome. I appreciate that. Eric, I have had such a blast. I know I could sit here and talk to you for so much longer. I, I am truly inspired, which is a perfect word by yeah. what you've accomplished and what you've done and and how you've never given up. Um, I have one more question for you. I ask this of my of my guests, what do you believe? I know there's been a lot of like synchronistic things that have happened and totally divine things, but what do you believe your bigger purpose here is? Or in what, what impact do you want to make?
1: Uh, I, I would say that everything, it's always helping other people. It's the quality of life of others. I mean, my advocacy is not just for myself. Right. It's for homage of the people that advocated for me. It's for the people that are gonna come after me. So I'm, I'm always like blazing the path and opening the doors to make it the quality of life easier for for others just as somebody else did for me. So when I wake up, that's what I'm doing. I'm up here, go to sleep. I'm up, I'm, I'm you know, whether it's voting you know, advocating for or, quali- or, or independent life or technology or helping someone, mentoring them. You know, like if they're trying to get wheelchair vans, it's like, okay, I got the experience. I know the know-how. I can mentor you. I'm not going to do it for you because that doesn't help you, but I can go through the steps. And I also, a lot of times when I meet people, I always ask them, I'm like, well, what's your best day look like? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what's your best day look like? If you could write out what your best day looks like, where would you be? Who would be there? What would you be drinking? What would you be eating? What career would you be doing? What would, who would be there to enjoy this? What would it be? Start putting that together and then figuring out the how. Yeah. Get the how and how you can make that best day be reality. Because I'm always meeting people and they're like, they don't know what they're doing sometimes. And I'm like, well, what do you like to do? Like, those are my questions. What are your passions? Yeah. What are some of your passions? What makes you happy? So the biggest purpose, I, I definitely would say, because everything leads, even the Inspire brand, it helps other people. It empowers them. It brings the breath of air to them. You know, it helps them in some way. It doesn't, it's not a negative thing when they wear it. They feel supercharged. They feel their best. They feel like they can accomplish everything. They can go, they can break every barrier, whatever it is. That's why people wear it.
2: I love it. And that's
1: the same. So I would say like, that's probably like, I would say that's the greater purpose. It's just in the service of helping others.
0: And you're totally doing life. that every day. It, you You've, from what you have shared, you have lived your life doing that. You, you should be so proud of where you come. I know I'm completely impressed with where you have come from where Thanks. you are. So, all of your details are in the show notes. People follow him, buy his stuff go look, be inspired. Remember the words that he shared with us. Eric, thank you so much for being on my show, for sharing your story. I know that I, I just was so in awe at how you share your story and that you don't have that poor me attitude. And I can't believe life handed this to me. I think it is such, it speaks volumes to who you are and what you're here to do. And there's no doubt in my mind that there is a much bigger purpose for you here. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: So it's been great.
1: It's been wow.
0: awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, please go follow Eric. Uh, and I want you to think about the things that he said in about your life and, and take a look at how you've been showing up, what you've been doing for your business and what you can change in order to accomplish the things that you truly desire that you're meant to accomplish. And I will see you guys next time on the Carrie Cardozo podcast. Bye guys.